Hi, I'm Marianne Talkovsky, and you're listening to the Humanity Speaks podcast. With over a decade of experience as a holistic health practitioner and face reader, I've read hundreds of faces and elevated how many people see themselves. Every person's facial features tell a story of who they are and who they came to be. And in this podcast, you will hear what people see and learn about themselves while looking in the mirror. You won't want to miss an episode, so be sure to subscribe. In this episode, I truly enjoyed interviewing my psychotherapist friend, Daniel Ireland, a gorgeous, introspective, loving woman. Listen as Danielle shares what many conscious entrepreneurs juggle with, the dance between the Chinese elemental energies of water and wood. Listen to the end and hear what she shares humanity needs the most. It's quite profound. Okay, here we are. Yay! Yay! Okay, so this is the first time I'm doing this Humanity Speaks, the Human in the Mirror podcast in this format. And I'm doing it with a pro, thank God, Danielle Ireland, who has a podcast, Don't Cut Your Own Bangs. And so um, I'm really excited to have you on because there's just so much I can talk to you about all the time. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm so glad you decided to to be on this. Thank you so much. Oh my gosh. I'm so, I'm so one, I'm so happy that you have a podcast because I feel like, I feel like every time... I've been working with you since October of last year. So it's been no November of last year. So it's been a year. We've officially hit the year mark of our professional relationship, friendship relationship. But um, I feel like every time I meet with you, I learn about a new certification you have. (laughs) So, so I feel like this, this format is just going to be so rich for you because you have so much value to give and you have so much to share and so much to say. And I remember that being one of my fears um, when I first launched my podcast was what if I run out of things to say? And I I learned very quickly that that never happens. So um, Anyway, I just, yeah, I'm happy to be here and support you and learn, learn from you too. Awesome. Yeah. You know, I, I'm thinking back on, like you said, it's been a year and mm-hmm. the first um, session that you had with me, you actually, you booked a Chinese face reading. Mm-hmm. So, and that's a big part of this, um, this podcast is, you know, I always like to introduce reframing the way people look at themselves there's a lot of noise out there and especially for women. Yeah. Um, out there and in here <laughs> pointing at my brain. Sorry. I've realized that no one can see what I'm saying, but yes. <laughs> yeah. So um, I want to ask you, do you remember anything from that session? And it's okay if you don't, because I find a lot of times mm-hmm. when people have a reading, they're so like enamored of the moment with what's going on mm-hmm. where they're so in awe about a discovery. And then, you know, life happens, sleep, all that stuff. <laughs> and of course you've had a big year, which we'll get into, but mm-hmm. um, I'm just curious if there was anything that resonated with you at that time. Yeah. There were a couple of things that I still remember. And I also too, like memory is not always a reliable source of history. So I could have misinterpreted or reinterpreted things that you shared. So I'm sure we'll course correct if there needs to be, but I remember you telling me that my hairline, like based on my hairline, you could tell that there was 
um, it had to do with like early childhood development and my, like my primary caregivers, the relationship with my, my parents and maybe what was going on with them potentially at that time of my development. But I remember you were like, I can tell by your hairline that there was something you didn't get when you were a certain age. And you, it, I feel like it was five or under, like I was young, I think when you were talking, when you referenced that. And then I have, I don't have a lot of fine lines, but I do have a, a line in the middle of my forehead, a horizontal line. And you were explaining the difference to me between vertical lines and horizontal lines and what that can represent energetically. And that's when we started talking about like facial acupuncture and facial massage and using the gua sha and the jade roller and to help, you know, physically and manually, but also emotionally alleviate that, whatever that trapped energy is. And I think, I think the word you used is it had to do with surprise, like that line, the way that I opened my eyes was about feeling surprised. I'm even doing it right now. And, um, and also my left eyebrows Mm -hmm. and my left eyebrow raises a little bit higher. And I think you said something about how one is what we take in and one is what we put out, like the energy we project and the energy we take in. I don't, I don't, remember what the left side meant versus the right side yeah but um great memory the mm-hmm. left side is the uh, the private side and the right mm-hmm. side is the public side and we were talking about there was a line you had said was showing up more so at a certain time um and um I had mentioned there's three things that a marking represents time of life, emotion, or physical mm-hmm. and, and forehead with time of life. It is the time of your twenties. And you were mentioning something about a relationship that you remembered um, mm. lesson from your twenties. Yes. You were like, yeah, what happened? I think you were like, yeah, what happened around like 22, 23, 24. And I was, I mean, was it a relationship or the relationship I had with myself that manifested itself in a relationship with another person who knows like the chicken or the egg. But I remember I was in a toxic relationship in my mid twenties, but I also was in a toxic relationship with myself. I was doing a job that on the surface was cool to tell people that I did. I was teaching ballroom dance, but I felt, I felt completely lost inside and that manifests itself in a relationship. And I got lost in a relationship that wasn't serving me. Um, that just, <laughs> I remember the thing I remember about this person and it's interesting how synchronistic it is. Cause I was, uh, had a session with a client this morning and she just came out of a relationship that felt very similar to the one that I'm referencing right now, even though I didn't share that with her, it's just, you know, I experience my own emotions during client sessions too, sometimes as I'm sure you do, but what I remember was that this particular relationship, it, I don't even understand why either of us were together. Because in hindsight, I was just, in his mind, I was too much. I was too loud. I was too talkative. I asked too many questions. Um, my laugh was too loud. I was too expressive. I you know, talked to strangers too much, made small talk too much. It was just, I was always a two, like the T-O-O. And I spent way too much time, like a year, year and a half trying to be more of what that person wanted and rather rather than just um, knowing what I know now saying, oh yeah, this just isn't a good fit. We're just not a good fit for each other. But I, I wasn't at home in myself, so I didn't know how to be at home in a relationship um, or even comfortable with my differences and all of that. So that was 
that line represents a big, big journey in my early and mid twenties. I love what you just said there about being at home within yourself mm-hmm. to be able to be at home in a relationship with someone else. Yeah. So good. Okay. Thanks. Well, awesome. I'm okay. So you remember quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I definitely want to touch on a couple of other things, you yeah, know, let's do it. Our, our episode here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always like to start with people looking in the mirror. So okay. I know you've got your Bobby Brown compact. <laughs> Yes, I do. <laughs> so I'm, I'm ready. Love it. So, okay. So when okay. you take a look in the mirror, mm-hmm. just so, you know, anybody that's listening can't see your mm-hmm. face, how, how would you describe your features, Danielle? Um, how would I describe my features? Um, and, or, and your face in general, overall, like what you see when you look in the mirror. Sure. So what I see when I look in the mirror, I'll tell you what I see when I look in the mirror when I'm not having a great day. And then when I'm feeling better about myself, what I notice. So when I wake up, my energy's low, I'm tired, um, just not feeling so good. Usually what I'll notice is I'll look at my eyes because I've, I've never been one to have dark circles. That's never been something that I've dealt with, um, nor you nor traditionally are my eyes puffy, but I notice when I'm not getting adequate hydration, sleep, or just not, not honoring something, my under eyes will get puffy. And so I'll, I'll kind of notice that first. The next thing I'll notice is on my left cheek, like at the top of my cheekbone, I have this like sun splotch. And even though I'm pregnant, this developed prior to um, this. So it's not, I don't think it's a direct reflection of my pregnancy or pregnancy hormones, but I've had it kind of lasered off a couple times and then every so often it'll resurface. And so I'm sure there's something energetic for us to explore there. But um, I noticed that and that bothers me. Um, and then also if I'm, again, not loving myself, not feeling so good, I'll notice the vertical line of my forehead and I'll notice the, like the, hor- the, um, I'm sorry, the horizontal line on my forehead and the, and the vertical lines are on the side of my mouth. Now, I, on a good day, on a better day, um, when I wake up, I will like look in my own eyes and think, oh, hello, like, oh, hello there. And I kind of smile at myself. And I think growing up from about, hmm, I want to say, anywhere between 13 and 14. I don't remember exactly when it began, but when I started to get like hormonal acne, also not knowing what I know now about my own dietary needs and nutritional needs. um, So much of that could have not just been hormones, but also what I was eating at the time. But my skin and kind of like wrestling with trying to get my complexion clear, like clear of blemishes and splotchiness and redness and breakouts and things like that. um, When I wake up and my skin is clear, I feel like a champion. It's sort of like, I guess my emotional equivalent of a good hair day. It's like, if my skin is clear, I could wear a brown paper sack and still feel like Giselle Bunchen. So um, I, yeah. So in general, like I, I look in my eyes, I smile at myself. I see like clear, even skin. I feel more, um, I probably feel when I look in the mirror and I smile, I think I feel more grounded and at peace. Like I'm more comfortable or, or like, like I said before, kind of at home in my own skin. And then when it's a different day, 
I feel like a problem that needs to be fixed. And so then I try attacking different things. Like I'm trying to fix a problem and I'm using air quotes right now. So, yeah. Okay. (laughs) So, and just so we're aware, you also have a background in psychotherapy, Mm -hmm. right? So, Mm -hmm. I mean, you're so in tuned. That's one of the things that I noticed with the first face reading session we we did was um, I mentioned you have um, very intuitive, flowy, creative energy, what Mm -hmm. I often refer to as the water element in Chinese medicine. (laughs) So um, just being able to to self-reflect, to to go inward, to look in, it's no surprise that Mm -hmm. you've chosen this field. (laughs) So, um, and then I also wanted to just, you know, you kind of drop that little bomb there that you're pregnant. So. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. <Surprise>. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. I'm so, I'm so happy for you and your hubs. Thank you. Journey ahead. So thank you. I really um, appreciate that. Yeah. So why I mentioned, you know, the, the water, the intuition is just, mm-hmm. you know, like I notice when people look in the mirror, especially in these past episodes, a lot of times people are like, Oh, I don't often look at myself in the mirror. Mm. I often feel weird looking at myself in the mirror for an extended period of time. Whereas, Mm -hmm. you know, you're going for it. You, (laughs) you are feeling at home, you know, like, and you notice the bad Mm. days and the not so great days. So, um, this area here, you were talking about underneath the eyes, that puffiness, mm-hmm. when you experience that, have you noticed, like, if there's certain things that are going on when you feel like that's showing up? Um, I, I mean, certain things going on. I think the things I notice are usually my energy level. Like that'll be the thing I notice first. Um, I know that I don't actually have like a measurable battery like my cell phone does, but I try to visualize that in my mind of like, am I operating at like low battery mode or am I waking up fully charged or am I in in this moment, am I fully charged? And so when I'm drained or depleted, again, it's kind of, I don't know if it's the chicken or the egg. Is it, um, am I depleted because there are emotions that I'm not processing or things that are trapped that I'm not expressing and that's what's wearing me down? Or am I participating or creating habits that are leading to those emotions? I don't exactly know the origin of where those start, but usually it's, it's an emotional drain that's manifesting itself in a physical way for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so with the water energy, we've talked about that extensively, how it is this energy of, of being, Mm. it's this energy of just resting, replenishing, you know, um, allowing yourself to be creative. And then Mm. there's the other energy, which I haven't really talked to you about the cycle of the elements and how they flow, but water is the season of winter. And it is like representing that flowy state of even like child in utero and, um, all the way up until cycle ends in life where we go back into the earth and we become ash and, mm-hmm. you know, so, um, the in-between though, between those stages are the other elements. And the next mm-hmm. element that arises from that is called the wood element, which is all about springtime. And it's really like about the sprouts having so much strength and momentum. It can just bust through concrete mm-hmm. as an example I often, re- uh, um, reference 
So that is the energy of doing. And so, you know, that whole, I mean, you've had so many changes from what I know this whole year, you've had like in the midst of a pandemic, really from, from my perspective, a rock star year, you Hmm. started, you know, your own practice. Like you moved Mm -hmm. out of a group practice and started your own. Mm -hmm. You launched a journal. (laughs) Yeah. I definitely want you to talk about that too. And, and now you're, you know, um, how far along are you with pregnancy or so I'm yeah, 20, I'm 22 weeks and two days. Awesome. So, so you're almost at the six month mark of, you mm-hmm. know, like you've really like been in creation mode so yeah. much. And, um, you know, it's been a journey in terms of like all the pressure I know you put on yourself of doing, 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 and, mm-hmm. and feeling like you needed to like crush goals and get things done. Whereas <laughs> you know, like your true nature is this beingness, which is, you know, in our culture, not really supported or, um, honored, (laughs) you know? So, yeah, there's a lot of, I mean, of course there's so much truth to that. And obviously like we've talked about this before, so there's a lot that you, that, you know, but I had a moment yesterday that, um, because I, I, there is, I think that's the voice of my anxiety. So you're calling that the earth, the earth energy, and I'm calling it the voice of my anxiety, but the voice of my anxiety tells me that I need to be constantly producing, doing, achieving, striving, setting more goals. Otherwise, because again, the fear, because it's always, a, there's always a because I, ha- whenever we say that lie to ourselves that we have to, have to, have to, have to, when the only thing you have to do is eat, sleep, breathe, and hydrate. Um, the the have to is the or else. Like what's the the fear-based consequence of that? And for me, it's that it's all going to slip away. That if I don't continue to move, if I don't continue to achieve, if I'm not focused on the next, then everything I built will just slip out under my feet, just kind of like sand getting washed away with a wave. And so I think this year probably around the time I met you, actually, the word that keeps coming up for me when I'm still, when I'm calm, when I'm quiet, which is not all the time, but um, it's definitely when I recharge that the word that constantly resurfaces is trust. So trust what's happening right now, trust how you feel, trust this moment, trust yourself, just trust, trust, trust. And yesterday, I had a really good opportunity to practice that lesson. I had a day filled with clients. I had a podcast that I was going to be on. I was going to be a guest on someone else's show. And you can probably already tell where I'm going as I'm saying past tense, like was, I was going to, but um, two clients had to reschedule a couple other needed to cancel for COVID related (laughs) pandemic 2020 reasons. And the podcast that I was going to be a guest on, they were having technological issues and we just couldn't get it to connect. And ended up having to reschedule. So my day went from feeling very full, very productive, revenue generative, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then really in a matter of a 24 hour period kind of washed away. And when I'm in the earlier stages of change or awareness, it's almost like I can see this fork in the road split where I, I could feel and sense what I would have thought or what I would have done, or what would have been going on for me just as early as a month ago, if I had had a day like that, where 
this was the plan. This was the day that I had prepared for. And then that day didn't happen, but that wasn't what happened. And so I love those moments where you almost kind of see in parallel, oh, this is, this is where I would have gone had I not maybe done this work and practiced this over and over or been where I am now. And this is how I'm feeling now and how much better this feels because I actually, and I, I almost had to ask myself a few times to trust if it was real or if it was just something positive I was trying to tell myself, like, I think this day feels like a gift. Does it really feel like a gift? Yeah, I think it feels like a gift. Like I was having this dialogue with myself. Um, and it was a really restorative day. It was not a overly productive day. And then funnily enough, not approaching it like I needed to be productive. I am in the process of creating a course, an online course. Basically wrote the whole thing in like one mind dump, which again, was not the intention I set. But it just opened itself up in this beautiful, beautiful way. And um, I know I'd, I know I probably would not have, I would have fretted. I would have tried to fill those appointments with people. I would have, um, you know, probably made a lot of nervous lists, tried to be really busy. I would have done things very differently a year ago, six months ago, maybe even a month ago. Yeah. Oh my gosh, this is such a, so so just to circle back to like, what you were seeing underneath your eyes in those mm-hmm. days and um, comparing um, the water and it's the wood energy. Mm-hmm. So wood is all about doing, we have a very wood culture. It's about mm-hmm. growth and success and achievement. And, you know, um, well in the cycle of the elements, water is the mother of wood. So wood is the child. So water will feed the child. Now, if wood is strong or it's, you know, really, really taking a lot from water, then it's going to deplete water. And even in, there's three different face maps. There's the physical face map. So you see different organs on the face. There's the time of life. And then there is the emotional aspect. So underneath the the eyes, that's the area of the kidney. Mm -hmm. And the kidney is the organ system that correlates to the water element. So this whole aspect of like overdoing Mm -hmm. or feeling push yourself and keep things going, um, actually steals from that creative flow, that intuition. So when you are in that, um, in that, in that area of trust, which is all about the water element, it is intuition, you Mm. know, um, when you're in that flow, things start to birth, you know, Mm -hmm. like you have this ability to get creative and, Mm -hmm. You know, um, it's something that even, even myself, I'm being reminded constantly, um, a coach had suggested, I read the book, do nothing where you literally are just doing nothing and it's okay. You don't have to feel guilty. (laughs) And what happens when you do nothing? Well, all of a sudden all the ideas start to come and creation, the, the dreams, you know, so you talked about the the journal, or you mentioned the the journal that that I've created. So it's called Treasure to Journal for Unearthing You. It's a seven part guided journal that has a series of stories, uh, quotes, sentence stems, prompts, and exercises, and blank space for to help people process certain areas of their life and just kind of get those ideas generated and get them going. Because I am such an advocate for journaling. And I, I mean, I think ultimately we end up teaching what we need. And so I'm such an advocate for mindfulness, meditation, 
presence and journaling. And those are the things that I forget and drop by the wayside when my anxiety takes hold or my critical mind takes hold or my wood mind takes hold. Um, Those are the things that I drop. And so I made this journal probably for 25 year old me, but um, it's found application and use for other people, which is so wonderful. But the reason why I'm circling back to that is because the content for the journal was probably bursting at the seams within me long before I wrote it. But last year, two months before I met you, I experienced a miscarriage. I was pregnant up into my 11th week miscarried. It was a really physically, emotionally painful experience. The, the, and I always like try to, I probably preface this too much, but it's like, I'm trying to be sensitive to other people who have had this experience. I don't want to make, I don't want to glorify pain or give pain too much meaning. But for me, if I don't give pain a purpose, it's just needless suffering. And so the, the, the gift that came out of that grief was that I was really quiet. I was really like my internal environment. It was like the noise just shut off. It was probably the first time my ego shut up. (laughs) It was pretty cool. Um, and so I would take myself on daily walks. That was kind of the only thing that I could commit to, or the only practice that I could sustain was just being outside and walking with myself and my thoughts. And I would talk to myself sometimes out loud, sometimes in my head, but it was on those walks that all of the content for this journal dumped in my head. And so I would record it in a voice memo app on my phone if I had my phone with me, or I would, um, you know, or I would just try to hold on to that idea until I got home to a pad and paper. But those, all of that content that's now, you know, beautifully packaged and available for purchase came first from that quiet space. But I, I, and I wish I could say that I gave that quiet space to myself, that I curated it, that I nurtured it and honored it, but I really didn't have a choice. It, it, you know, I just was knocked on my ass and then, mm-hmm, yeah. And then just surrender to it. Yeah. You know, that's one of the things that I really appreciate about you being so open and, and vulnerable and willing to share your experiences because it is a re- really common thing um, that's not really talked about, you know, mm-hmm. miscarriage. And, and I think, you know, even your, I listened to your podcast episode on it. I think it was your mm-hmm. first solo cast. Um, mm-hmm. Right. Like, yep. yep. Um, there's so much healing in that for mm-hmm. people that need it, you know? So yeah. I, I just love what you're doing, what you're offering to people in the journal. You know, I remember you showing it to me and I, me mentioning, you know, like, you know, this is so beautiful. And the color is the watercolor. <laughs> it is. And it's so it's like this deep, deep blue and it has um, accents with like this gold leaf. And so and, and I didn't I wasn't thinking about the water when I made it. But when I when you mentioned that to me, the other thing I thought of was the way that like the waves kind of reflect like gold and diamonds when the sunlight hits them and it just once you start sharing your take on and your expertise and your training and your interest on these things it just it always blows my mind it just I love those moments where I'm like magic is real (laughs) (laughs) like just these connections that I wouldn't have made before yeah well I'm I'm curious like when you were a kid like Mm -hmm. 
before age 10, like how, how would you describe yourself? Were, were you, were you feeling like you were a creative individual? Mm-hmm. Did you have space for that? What, like, like share with me, like, what were you like as a kid? Yeah, that's a really good question. I would say I was probably most myself before 10, like before that self-conscious self-awareness hit before puberty hit before I cared about what boys thought. Um, I was a pretty radical, awesome kid. I loved wearing princess costumes and I loved rolling in dirt. So, and I, and I loved making things. I would lose time. My mom said I could enter and I'm an only child. So I think I got pretty good at entertaining myself and pretty at home in my imagination. And I would just lose hours coloring. I could just have a coloring book and markers or color pencils or whatever, and just do and be, I didn't constantly need to be consuming entertainment or movies. And the the things that I liked watching most were nature documentaries, which are still true. Now there was a documentary on a dinosaur called Maya, the dinosaur, any kids from the eighties, maybe remember that. And, um, and documentaries about dolphins and whales. And then apart from that, of course, all the Disney things, but I just loved being with myself. I loved making things. I loved being outside and playing. And all of that is still true. It's like the things that my 10 year old self needed. That's my self-care today. I love that. Was there like a a role model or someone that was highly influential in your life? Yeah. I mean, being an only child and having two parents that are still married 36, 37 years later, the the three of us made like a little triad knowing what I know now, we probably, we probably, there was probably some enmeshment there, <laughs> probably like close. And then compared to maybe other dynamics, maybe a little too close, but um, that's what I know. That's what home is. But my grandmother's, my dad's mom and my mother's mom were, and I call them Mima, and they've since passed. They both passed away when I was 16, but they were really formative for me in different ways. So my dad's mom was uh, very, very into play. She loved playing games. She had no problem getting down on the floor and playing make-believe. Um, she, she, I just remember she loved to turn on music and dance. Like She was just a very free spirit in that way. And then my mom's mom, I spent more time with than my dad's mom because she lived in Chicago. But um, she, she to me felt like the embodiment of that, that grandmother willow tree and Pocahontas. She just seemed very sage and very wise and very intuitive and encouraged me to be intuitive. She, I mean, I, I spent as much time as possible outside walking around barefoot Um, she was just very adventurous and she like up until her dying day had like a four pack. She would wear cutoff jean shorts when she would mow her lawn with like a tank, like a, a bikini, like tank top because she wanted to get tan lines. Like she's got all of, she had an olive complexion, which did not pass down to me. (laughs) Um, but, uh, yeah. And she would just wear like leather moccasins didn't give two f's about what people thought of her um which had pluses and minuses because she also never wore a seatbelt. so it's like she was stubborn in really silly ways um but also i think she was just um like a, a spiritual teacher for me for sure i love that what do you mm-hmm. think that she taught you the most like big lesson mm. 
she always validated how I felt. Like I never felt small around her and I never really felt like a kid. Not to say that, you know, she didn't like break down her checkbook and teach me. I mean, she didn't like overburden me with adult responsibilities. I I wasn't a parentified child, but she talked to me like a person. She, She didn't look at me as immature. She just saw that I was developing And I think that that, and I don't know if she would have articulated it that way, but I felt like I could talk to her about death. I felt like I could talk to her about God. I felt like I could ask her questions about where babies come from. And and I'm sure internally, she probably was freaking out like, oh God, how do I answer? How do I answer this? But I was just a really inquisitive kid. Like, like all kids are, I, you know, being around so many kids now, I realized that what I thought was maybe special to me is just youth, but um, she she was just open and I never felt judged. I never felt like something was off limits. And um, yeah, I just had a really vivid imagination and she let me run with it. I love that. Well, and you said that you feel like ten, before 10, that's when you were your true self. Like mm-hmm. what changed. Mm. I think becoming aware of like that comparison. So being able to see other examples of what, what felt good to me. And then what I saw other girls do, and then what the other girls did who got more attention for doing those things. So whether it was approval from boys or, you know, the in and out group. And I started to sense that otherness, that, that separateness. And then I, that's when I started to unknowingly kind of contort or modify or change maybe things about myself, shop at certain stores, want certain things, wanting to look a certain way to feel included and fit in. Um, so I, I sort of moved out of my internal home and feeling comfortable in that space and wanting to be invited into other people's homes and wanting to feel included and a part of. And I think that evolved into sort of like a preteen adolescent of sort of adopting other identities. Like I went through phases where um, like I had an oasis phase where I wore like a lot of grungy, you know, <laughs> hot topic in you know, flannel. And I made my hair like stick, 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 stick straight. Um, I just didn't embrace what was naturally uniquely mine physically, right? I was taller than all the girls I was around growing up. They were all cheerleaders, really strong center of gravity. I cannot flip back over my head to save my life. Our mutual friend, Katie Thomas told me she was just doing backflips on a trampoline the other day. And like, that's just never been as athletic as I am in my own way. That's never been my jam. Gymnastics. (laughs) No, but I just felt tall and awkward. And I felt like I had big hair, like this lion's mane hair, like Hermione Granger hair. And I felt like I was surrounded by short, shiny blondes and just like they had shiny skin, naturally straight hair. And, um, you know, that their moms let them highlight. And I was like, oh my God, what are highlights? I need to know what this is. And, um, you know, and they could do these little flips and I would try out and wouldn't make it. And (laughs) it's just, um, yeah, I want to hug like 11, 12 year old me right now. Oh, I know. Well, and you had mentioned like finding your, your home within and being Mm -hmm. comfortable with that. Don't you feel like you just have to go through those things to find your way to see what mm-hmm. does when we do like, I think around 10 is when we all start to shift and yeah. pay attention, like things outside of ourselves and mm-hmm. we 
lose our footing. So um, yeah. it's just bound to happen. Right. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, like, so the other thing I wanted to mention about going back to under the eyes, mm-hmm. this is also called the seat of unshed tears. Mm-hmm. And so it is um, when people have puffiness, it could be um, just a sign to process things. Mm-hmm you know, you mentioned like the compare and despair type of things, if that comes up or any other topics and themes, um, you know, with your sense of awareness, it's great to reflect like, okay, what am I needing to let go of? Mm -hmm. So I can return to home. Um, it's good. Yeah. And I also wanted to mention, you were talking about what Western medicine or Western beauty calls the parentheses Mm. or, um, aesthetics, nasal labial folds, uh, in Chinese face reading, we call them purpose lines. Mm. So sometimes they'll show up on me whenever I'm dehydrated. That's one of my indicators like, Oh, okay. Topically I need to do something to help myself out and also drink more water. But, um, you know, around age 50 is when they really start to set in Mm -hmm. and, um, sometimes they can be too deep, but really like to have a nice, um, you know, presence here shows that we are on our path, Mm. that we are living our purpose and you've got a ways to go with that. But I just, you know, I wanted to ask you, like, when it comes to purpose, how do you feel about that? Do you feel like you are living your purpose? Do you feel like you're on your way? Yeah, I, I do. I, I think that, um, the, the departure from self probably started around 12 or 13. And then I think I started the return journey home around 25. And it, it wasn't like it all became clear. It didn't all come to me in a moment. Like I definitely had a trail of breadcrumbs to follow and I'm still, I'm still on that. It's never, I don't think it's ever like checked, done onto the next thing, but um, I feel more home. I'm, gosh, I'm, I think I'm three days away. It's Sunday. My birthday is Sunday. I'm turning 36. And um, I feel more at home in my life, in myself, in my mind, in my body than I think I ever have. And I just hope that that continues because it's not just my, what I'm doing professionally. It's just, you know, all things come back to the same thing, which is me. So um how I'm showing up, how I'm taking care of myself, how my family's evolving and growing, how my marriage is evolving and growing, how my friendships and relationships are evolving and growing. And then professionally, how that's um, showing up to, I feel like I'm looking at all the things I love as assets, as opposed to taking them for granted where I did before. Like I didn't, I didn't understand where like my theatrical background, my love for performance and communication, I didn't know where that fit because I felt like in order to be taken seriously, I had to be serious. And so there's a lot of like um, beliefs that don't serve me or ideas that were maybe in part like imprinted on me that, that I'm kind of, that I'm still shedding and finding new ways to embrace. But um I love what I love. This is actually a quote in my journal. So the, the seven sections in the journal are career relationships, love, money, sex, family, and purpose. And the quote I have for the purpose section is from Dolly Parton, find what you love and do it on purpose. And so I think I'm trying to be as intentional and aware or what are the things that I love and then how purposefully can I do and act and be in line with those things? I love it. <laughs> I love it. Okay. Well, so I've got a few 
last questions I want to ask you. Okay. So the first one is, okay, so you're in 2021 going to be bringing a child into the world. That's so crazy. <laughs> yes. It's happening. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she's kicking. So like she's making her presence known right now. <laughs> so what are some things that you want to teach her? Mm. Oh, I love that question. Mm. What do I want to teach her? Probably, probably that, honestly, I guess be more like Dolly. Uh, find what you love and do it on purpose. I, I found these prints of influential women that I'm going to have matted and framed and put in her nursery. And I actually have to give all the credit to my husband because that idea was his. I was having one of those, I was having a hormonal pregnant moment where I was like, you're not as excited about this as me. And I was like, I need you to be more involved. And he literally, he likes put his phone down, tilted his head to the side and then came up with this genius idea. And now he's, I was like, damn it. Okay. <laughs> that was a really good idea. Okay. You're, you're plugged in, you're tuned in. Okay, good. But, um, so, you know, it, it, Maya Angelou, Sac Sacagawea, um, Amelia Earhart, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, um, Jane Goodall. So nine of these, uh, Harriet Tubman, uh, there's other women I'm forgetting. Okay, but we have, we have, but okay. we have, oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So there's, there's nine. And I want her to see as many models and examples of like, this path was uniquely theirs and this path was uniquely theirs and this path was uniquely theirs and they are all amazing for their own special reason and um because i think when you're trying to live your life based on someone else's terms or someone else's measure of success you're always going to feel like you fall short and so probably my work as a parent will be to not to not or to i guess to be as aware of like nurturing her to have the space and freedom she needs to figure that out and safely without trying to impress upon her what my expectations of her on and then I can always forward her to a good therapist when I fail at that so um but I guess what I want to teach her is that her purpose her passion her inspiration is like that internal guidance is what she needs to follow wherever that leads because I think trusting, trusting joy is not, hasn't been easy for me. It's like really trusting what feels good as the right thing to follow. Because I think we hear so many things like relationships are hard and, you know, that Britney Spears song, you got to work, bitch. Like I, I even sometimes refer to my anxiety as Britney. I'm like, shut up, Britney. <laughs> Stop talking to me. <laughs> so this idea that like to make things meaningful, they have to be hard and that I think that's a difference between like putting forth meaningful effort into something that's important versus work for work's sake or struggle for struggle's sake. You know, it's funny that you're talking about that meaningful right now, because mm -hmm. I, you had mentioned about this spot here on you see your left corner. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So the map, the, the facial map where it represents the ages, this is 40 and 40 is all about, like it's the time, the decade where we go into profound, meaningful relationships, like the fluff, the stuff that doesn't matter. It just needs to go, mm. you know, like it's, it's releasing and letting go of the things that are no longer of meaning or service to you. Mm -hmm. um, and as I mentioned, a marking can represent one of three things, a time of life. So 40 or the area of um, physical, which is kidney still in this area, 
or emotion, which we talked about the unshed mm-hmm. tears and the processing. So, you know, that would be something I would recommend, you know, cause pigment is often a sign of heat and inflammation. Mm-hmm. You know, you could also set an intention. You're going to be turning 36. So you still have some time, some ways to go, but mm-hmm. releasing and letting go of, you know, this piece here by mm-hmm. getting intentional about what's meaningful, what's profound for you. And I think you're already on your way with even I just like what that. you for, for your daughter, like yeah. what mm. you want for her. So, mm-hmm. so if, uh, if you were to listen to this interview 10 years from now, um, what would you want yourself to know? What would I want myself to know? 46. Mm. Ooh, well, one, I hope that my 46 looks like JLo's 46. So I hope that I come out of my steam shower and I look at myself and I'm like, damn girl, you got this going on. And then, you know, hopefully Logan, my daughter will be playing with a brother or sister somewhere in the background. And David will be um, doing push-ups and making pancakes and being my sexy man in the kitchen. <laughs> and um and if so, I turn on this podcast and I'm listening. I think the thing, hmm, I hope that I more deeply and meaningfully believe the things I'm telling myself now. Because I think that's kind of how it starts. Like I get an idea or I recognize an idea is true or a concept or a lesson is true. And I have to kind of rehearse it and replay it and practice it before it really becomes a part of me. So I'm not sure if that's an unlearning or a learning or an integrating process, but there are things that I am doing in my life now as a part of me that I was practicing or mantraing or kind of aspiring to 10 years ago that I'm, that are more a part of me now. And so the things that I'm trying to like, not work-life balance, but the, the water wood balance, um, honoring that, that, that space. Like I can recognize it as truth. I hear it as truth. I believe you when I hear you say it, my soul's like, yep, yep, this is true, but it's not, I'm not fully embodying it yet. I'm still on that journey. And so I hope at 46 that that's something that I've practiced enough and honored enough and trusted enough that it's a part of me. Love it. Hmm. What what would you want David to know? Like what's your special message for him? Hmm. It's a good question that he doesn't have to give everything he has away to be generous because he's the most generous person I know in every aspect, financially, um, lovingly with his time, he has so much to give. And he, I think what happens is he gives away when he has nothing left. It's like he hits that reserve. He hits, he scrapes the bottom of the bowl and instead of saying, oh, the bowl's empty, let me refill the bowl, he's like hitting the bowl, <laughs> trying to get more out of it. So, <laughs> um, yeah, so probably that he, uh, what he, what he is already giving is enough. Awesome. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then the last question. Mm-hmm. So I know we've had such a challenging year um, for a lot of people. And mm-hmm. even in the midst of that, some people have pivoted and really have made strides and, you know, there's just been so many things from that being in an election year to mm-hmm. civil rights to pandemic and now, you know, vaccine, all these things coming up. <laughs> what do you think that humanity needs the most? Hmm. That's a good question. 
What do I think humanity needs the most? Mm. Mm. I'm going to say more quiet, like more stillness. There's so much momentum and motion and noise. And I think, and this is, this may seem, because uh, I, I, I think about this concept a lot as someone who is an advocate and advocates for things that I believe in. And in a year where advocacy has been so paramount, you know, you mentioned civil rights and politics, the election, all of that. And so I don't know exactly where that line is between making peace with yourself without forcing your environment to bend to your will or your need. And then also advocating for human rights, what is right and moving change forward for like humanity. Um, I don't know exactly where that line is, but I'll say that like in the experience I have working with clients, when, when we, when, when we believe our happiness is contingent upon a partner being different, acting different, um, like I can't be happy until you blank. I can't be free until you blank. Um, when we give that power over to a job, to a person, that is where we, we stop honoring the, the power that we innately have and, and we give it away. And I think that that drains us more than anything. And so looking out to our environment right now to give us peace, the environment like if we, if we go out looking for noise, we're going to find noise. Um, and so it's still inside or it can be still inside me. And I know that when I'm still and when I'm present with myself, I'm, I have a greater capacity and more power to show up in a way that can maybe positively impact someone or positively impact change. But when I'm reacting to the noise or when I'm reactive to the people and the elements and the things that are happening around me, I'm usually more chaotic. I'm more temperamental. I'm more stressed. I'm more prickly. And that usually will turn people off or turn people away. So I guess still, stillness, I guess is my answer. Well, stillness and, and depth are the ways of water. So that is, <laughs> I just love it. I, you know, I, I myself found so much healing in the stillness, the forced mm -hmm. stillness with the shelter in place. And, mm -hmm. you know, um, yeah, so it's just full circle. Mm -hmm. So then the last thing I have to ask you is when you pick up your Bobby Brown compact <laughs> one more time, mm -hmm. <laughs> I want to hear from you. Like, what do you, what do you see now? Hmm. Um, hmm. What do I see now? Oh, 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 so I'll tell you the very first thing that popped in my head was a mother. I don't know where that came from, but that truly was like the very first thing that popped in my head was I see a mother. So I guess I'll go with that. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Oh my yeah. gosh, Danielle. Well, one thing that I, I, I wanted to mention that people, if you haven't seen, um, you're just such a stunning, stunning, stunning woman, you know, <laughs> um, physically, 
mentally, emotionally, and, and in spirit. And I'm getting teary eyes. Me too. <laughs> um, yeah, I just, I mean, if I look at face reading, just your facial features, the way that they're, you know, spaced out, you, it's so pleasant to look at you. And then also, <laughs> you know, just the energy that you bring that exudes from your eyes, from your mm-hmm. smile, from your, from your face is, is beauty. It's love. It is motherhood. It is really like, and that depth, you know, I can see it every time you pause and you really take a moment to think like, you know, you go in and really truly listen. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's such an inspiring way to be. And I want to encourage you to, you know, trust and trust and trust and trust you already, you know, you know, that's your medicine. I just want to reflect that back to you that, yeah, it's, it's written all over your face. Mm-hmm. So. Thank you so much. That's such a gift. This, yeah, this hour was such a gift. So I appreciate you. And I am so appreciative of this work that you're going to be putting out and sharing with people because um, I, it's, it's funny because I've since just referred, you know, anyone, I, I just I like referring people to you a lot. And so, and when they ask what, well, like, what does she do? Or what do you get from her? Like what, like, what is it? And I just, I mean, I know what you do. Like there are, there are skill sets and certifications and right there, there are things that you do, but I think the way that I feel every time I leave, I feel it's either a combination of clarity, relief, or trust in myself. Right. So either how you connect threads, you're like, oh yeah, this thing here on your cheek is do you know how many times over the last year you've talked to me about my damn kidneys? <laughs> and then you think things keep coming back to those kidneys. I'm like, ah, I thought I figured out my kidneys right now. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> but, um, but it just, it's so funny how things that I, I love those, those connections that with, that with what you know and, and what you practice that you can draw these connections that I wouldn't have made on my own. So um, I really appreciate that. Yeah. Well, you mentioned, you know, when you look for noise, you find it. I think with, in your case, what I've noticed is when you look for synchronicities, you find them mm. you know, and that is magic. You, you're always attuned to that. So, so. Yeah. All right, lady. Well, I appreciate Daniel Ireland. Where can people find your journal? Yes. So my website is danielireland.com. There is a special tab named journal. where you can click on and it will tell you all the details about what's inside. You can even flip through the first section to kind of preview it for yourself before you buy it. And if you need a little extra guidance or a little extra um for support, there's also a guided meditation series that accompanies each section in the journal too. So sometimes we need to slow our mind down before we can be present enough to journal. And um, yeah, and if you're looking for a digital support group, I just started um, a private Facebook group called the Treasured, the Treasured Tribe. And you can also find all that information through the group love, too. I have, I have your journal. I love it. I have the meditations. Mm-hmm. I love them. Mm-hmm. And then podcasts. Where mm-hmm. else about your podcast? Yes. So it's also linked on my website too. So if you forget the name, don't worry. But the podcast is called Don't Cut Your Own Bangs. And yeah, it's a, it's not digital or it's not podcast therapy, but like you, it's hard to not pull the things that you are talking about all day into the episode. I basically interview um, creatives, entrepreneurs, leaders, people from all walks of life. And the thing that I was trying to explore within myself when I started the podcast was 
how did you figure it out? How did you get from point A to point D? Because I was finding myself looking at a lot of before and after images of, you know, I didn't know this, but now I have a multi-million dollar business or I looked like this and now I'm in the best shape of my life. And I'm like, yeah, 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 that's great. But like, what did the middle, like, what did that look like when you fell on your face, when you messed up, when you farted in public, when you forgot your lines, <laughs> what happened? And that's what I wanted to talk to people about. So um, that's why the podcast is called Don't Cut Your Own Bangs. So it's just, uh, yeah, we don't have to figure it out by ourselves. We can talk to experts like you. <laughs> Oh, you're, you're amazing. Thank you so much. Well, check her out, danielireland.com. Thank you so much, lady. I really appreciate you. And I look forward to doing this again. <laughs> Me too. Thank you, Marianne. And they can find your episode on the podcast as well. So Marianne is featured as a featured guest on, I believe it's season seven. So you can find Marianne's episode there too. Thank you for listening to the Humanity Speaks podcast. With the rise of social media engagement and video conference calls, many people are feeling more self-conscious about seeing themselves face on. I believe that if you love yourself when you see yourself, you elevate humanity, which is why I've created programs to help people love who they see in the mirror. I wanna show you how to look at yourself with love, compassion, and acceptance, so you can share your strengths, presence, and talents with pride. The best part is we can work together one-on-one in a group program, or even in person. Simply visit MarianneTelkovsky.com or follow me on Instagram at MarianneTelkovsky and we can get started right now on your path to radical self-acceptance, healthy aging, and building your radiant energy. Until next time, signing off, this is Marianne Telkovsky with Humanity Speaks.